Welcome to the Thirsty Soul podcast, a place that reveals inspiration, creativity, wisdom and clarity, guiding you into communion with yourself, your soul and the sacred. Each episode is here to help you contemplate the themes in your own life and deepen your relationship to yourself, your life and the world around you. So welcome and today I'm going to be sharing about Imbolc, a point on the Celtic wheel of which there is eight turning points and what that point can mean to us wherever we stand in the cycle of life. The Celtic wheel isn't a place for us to force ourselves into a Pacific energy but it's to Look to the outer, to nature, to how to speak into us at this time about where I stand. So I could be still in a winter phase of my life, but what could the qualities of Imbolg bring to me even in this space? So I'm not going to try and force myself to be in a the beginnings of a spring, but it might help me to begin to move towards it or help me to let myself still be in the winter but maybe it might bring a little bit of light to that space. Or if I'm in a summer phase in my life, it can still speak to me of maybe I've burnt myself out. Maybe I've pushed things too hard and it's remind me, come back to basics, come back to the beginnings, come back to the foundations again. So each turning point in the Celtic wheel contains so much so much knowledge and wisdom for us um, and we're going to tap into some of it today. So Imbolc is usually considered as fallen traditionally on the 1st of February but there's a true date each year so this year it is the 4th of February for anybody who might be interested in knowing. So if you think of this time of year you know, as we're coming now, this I'm recording this just in the last week of January, like so as we're coming into the beginning of February, it's like you get the little taste and you begin to get it just after winter solstice begins to be celebrated, like it comes little by little each day. But we get a sense of what, what I call the smelling of the apple pie, that little scent of, yes, spring is coming. We've been through, if you think, the winter and hopefully we've allowed ourselves to winter. And when I say that, I mean like I know we live in busy lives and busy worlds and we have things to be doing. But it's like, did I take space to really receive from the winter well? Did I let myself drink from the medicine of winter? Did I give myself the rest if I was needing it? Did I give myself that dream time of just pondering and looking for inspiration and seeing what it was within me that was looking to be tended? Did I go within and truly listen to my soul? Did I allow myself maybe a period of regeneration? So why the winter is important because it truly is in the winter that we are doing the deep, deep work like, you know, we get to see the results of it when we enter our 
summer phases and we get to receive from them even more in our autumn phases. But the winter is where some of the toiling is done deep in the roots, in our roots of ourselves. But it's also during the winter that we, if we rest and if we give ourselves that space, that we have the energy. It might not be fully here yet, but we've allowed ourselves to build the reserves. We're allowing ourselves to recoup. We're allowing ourselves to regenerate. We're allowing ourselves that space just to down tools and receive from life and from ourselves. And then we have the energy and the fuel to sustain us through the rest of the cycles. What sometimes can happen is that if we ignore the winter phase of our life, never mind even just the winter season, if we ignore the winter phase of our life and keep pushing and keep, in essence, trying to bring dead things alive again, trying to bring them back to life rather than letting them go, that we end up exhausted and then we don't have the energy to even think about the new beginnings, to even consider the possibilities and potential that might be lying in that deep soil of compost that is there to feed us. So every season, every turning point in the Celtic wheel has deep wisdom for us and each point feeds every other point in it. So it's like to consider, did we take the time to renew and nourish ourselves during winter? And that could be that even if I was, happened to be in a summer phase of, whoa, loads of energy and inspiration just flowing through me and getting things done during the winter months, that I still can receive from the winter wisdom by taking pockets of rest to feed that activity. So when we can learn to know where we are in the cycle, where we stand maybe as as an individual on the whole wheel, as, as a total person, like where am I on the wheel? But then maybe even considering different aspects of life. Where are they? What season am I, season am I experiencing in them at this minute? And if you think of like new beginnings or the little stirrings, that is within us, you know, where you get a wee hint of an idea or, you know, somebody suggests something to you and it sort of ignites a little bit of, ooh, interest or inspiration. That umbilicus is, is that time where we begin to see those there. Like they, they're coming in winter. We're actively, in essence, still not active, active with the outward energy, but the active inward energy during winter where we're maybe reflecting on, hmm, do you know, like what did go well during the year for me? You know, if, what did I learn from this last year that maybe I don't really want to continue next year, but what did I really learn from this year that I do want to continue? You know, where we're sort of filtering out, sifting through, getting rid of the little, the bits that aren't resonating, that don't need to be there that we've maybe just taken on so much and accumulated so much and are carrying so much that we're beginning to sift through it during the winter going yeah mm, how did that end up in my bag and how did that end up on my back even and to me that's the winter has taken that time to do that but it's the dream time it's inviting whatever you believe in in essence but soul to speak to you and and shamism for the nature to speak to you to ignite within you sort of 
What really is your soul yearning for? Beneath what we think it is yearning for, the true essence of what it is craving in our life. And sometimes that's not often what we think it is. So during the winter, we're allowing all of that space to occur, to happen, to the cauldron is bubbling. We're sitting at the warmth of the fire. We're maybe talking to ourselves or other people about, oh, I'd love to experience this. I'd love to grow into this. Or there's a part of me that wants to step forward. There's a part I want to express in the world. And in essence, Imbolc then is where we get sort of the first stirrings of spring. And Imbolc, as we know, is, you know, in the belly. But it's a transition, an initiation, a gateway. It's the very beginnings of spring. We're not going to open the door and run out to life. Maybe you will, but I know I don't. I won't be on the on the first of February. You know, like it's like to consider. Oh, okay, okay, we we can have that hope at Imbolc of going. Okay, that sigh of relief. Okay, winter is done. Winter is done. What have I received from that space? What would I like to do differently next year in my winter? How would I like to winter next year so I don't forget? Because it's easy to forget when we're in a spring and a summer how to winter. So it's like you're getting a sense of what could be different next time. But there's this relief of it being done, but the hope of what is yet to come. Because we don't fully know at a beginning or the promise of something starting or coming, we never know what it is going to be. We may have an idea, a sense, but if we try to rigidly control it, then we can often lose out on what the pure magic of it is. And if you think about beginnings, they need that tender holding. You know, just because of it, I have an idea doesn't mean I meant to run with it. So between Imbolc and Spring Equinox, which is the peak of spring, we're really considering, oh, of all the things that have been percolating in me or that the world has maybe been hmm, drawing out of me, pulling out of me, where do I wish to focus my energy? Because as much as the world tells me I can be anything and do anything, I can't do everything. So where do I wish to focus my energy? And as we shift and change in our our own personal cycles of ages, what we often find is that initially maybe in our 20s, that's a wide spectrum of, I can aim at 10 or 20 things and it won't take an inch out of me. But I might, as I get older, decide, I could do all of that, but where do I really want to focus it? If there only was one or two things that I really wanted to tend to this year that were really calling me and that I make a commitment to, that I make a commitment to feed, to nourish, to tend to, to grow, to look at myself within those places and what prevents me and them from growing whether they are things I want to experience 
parts of my relationships, my business, my relationship to self, relationship to other people, my family connections, whatever, creativity, adventure, whatever it may be. It's about where do I want to focus my energy? Because what I will focus on is is what will grow. But I have to work with it. And as we all know, sometimes it's easier to grow one or two things if they're even thinking of plants and all versus trying to look after, especially if it's your first time trying to look after 10 or 20 plants. It gets overwhelming. So it's like if I could only tend to certain things, what really is calling me? Where's the aliveness in the seeds that I want to be planting? What really would make a difference to me and potentially the world? Or to my family. And at Imbolc we have this sense of potentially what is stirring within me. And it's easy to have, maybe not easy, but we can have a sense of it. But the real courage is allowing it to come out and grow. Because sometimes we think Imbolc is that sense of, yeah, there's potential, there's possibility. There's a part of me that wants to be expressed just within my own world, within myself. There's a part I want to reclaim, a part I want to hone even more so. But at the moment, it's still covered in soil, still covered in the compost. And there can be this sense of, oh, how... Do I let that grow? Because there may be parts of me that think, hmm, you're not able to do that or you're not good enough or who are you to have that idea or whatever programming has been given to us. That dampen the seeds, that don't even give them a chance to sprout or root down within us. So we have to be mindful of the the chitter-chatter, the inner talk, of really knowing and tapping into the part that is the calling, that is the little whisper is going, yep, this 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 is where to focus your attention. This is what you wish to, this is what's calling you. And to watch for maybe the wounded inner child, the wounded teenager, the voices of parents, society, culture, and to begin to sift them out. And that's, in essence, the healing work. For the gentle awakenings, for the gentle beginnings to occur, we have to tend these tender seeds that we're holding in our hands or that are in the soil of our being. And beginnings often require that leap of faith. Because we do not know for certain what is coming after it. And we're not meant to. Just like if I start into a new relationship, I have no idea where that is going to go. Maybe it's for a short term. Maybe it's for a long term. But I have no idea. So there is this faith, this courage, this leap that has to be taken of going, yeah, I'm willing to step into this. I'm willing to place my energy in this and see where it takes me. 
because sometimes we would never cross a threshold otherwise. So we, in essence, have to be blind to it, unknown to it. Surrender to the mystery of it. And trust that just like the tarot card or the the hermit card, to trust, I just need to take the next step. And then the next step. And then the next step. Because each step lays the roots, the foundations upon which the rest can be bolted and tended and adjusted. Whereas sometimes we get the beginning and we just rush, kind of like when spring comes, we're like trying to get into summer. And the first couple of weeks of it, we're going, mm, should I? Mm, maybe it could be warmer. But it's to know that it's not there yet. And if we rush beginnings, we can forget the foundation. We can forget, oh, what am I standing on? Is this solid to move forward with? Just like if you set up a business without no idea of what you're going to do in your business, how to market, how to run a business, uh, how to keep finances, and just took that leap of faith that may eventually turn out, but initially those first stages will be very bumpy because there isn't foundations. So the foundations is like that spring upon which everything else is bolt like. But we also treat our beginnings with very gentle hands. And sometimes we incubate them. Just like you'd hear people say, you know, if you have an idea, maybe don't share it with everybody straight away. Because it's tender. And so are you in that space if it's something you're going, ooh, I've never done this before. Or mm, I'd love to bring this out or do this differently. Or I'd love to, you know, learn to care for myself in this new way. That sometimes, yes, having people on board helps. But sometimes we have to incubate it until it's rooted within ourselves. Because maybe if we share it with people, they dampen it. And maybe de-root it or try and pull it out for us. Um... So it's important to be aware of that there to really tune in to that which is at this time. It's coming into embolic of what is stirring within you of going, hmm, does it need to be shared at this minute? Am I still on the cauldron with it? Am I still considering hmm, exactly what seeds and I want to plant within myself. What are the habits, the behaviours, the patterns or the aspects of my relationship, my work, my way of thinking, my way of being in the world that wants to be evolving, growing and to really consider does it need to be shared at this moment and if the answer is no, to trust that and if the answer is a very quick yes, just ponder why? Is it a true soul? Yeah, it actually does. Or is it, well, because I need validation. I need someone to tell me, yeah, that's okay to do. And then it's maybe, oh, okay, maybe I'll just keep it to myself for another little bit. And keeping it to yourself is not about not then moving forward with it. But it's like you're doing all the alchemy in your own space then. Of giving it time to take root within you as well. And as I look out my window today. There's that beautiful light that is at this time of year just coming towards. 
the end of winter moving into Umbulic, a beautiful evening light. And there's still so many dead leaves out in our garden that are nourishing the life that is beneath it. That I can't really see at this minute. I have a few little sprigs of daffodil beginning to, their green stems beginning to appear. But I remember this time last year they were out. And it's interesting when we track and notice no two, in essence, embolics are ever the same. No two winters are ever the same. And it can be a beautiful practice to have is to note them. Because you can really begin to learn about them from the world around you. And my little snowdrops. I'm hoping they make an appearance where I planted them, but there's no guarantee. So I watch with anticipation at the minute. And there is a place that I know near me that often has a lot of snowdrops and they're not just there yet. So I'm waiting, waiting for them to appear in certain places where I know they hide. But I did see them in Donegal at Christmas. And it was that sense of hope and renewal and excitement is what they invoke in me. The beautiful snowdrop with its white is initially all you see, the white and the green stem. But for some of the variations of them, when you lift them up, you see the green and the yellow inside them. And they're like an innocence to me, the white and we need that childlike wonder, that childlike innocence. And not innocence as in a stupid or, you know, oh, can't see things, but just this childlike wonder and awe. As we move into Imbolc and these beginnings, the stirrings, things coming very slowly to life. And they're qualities that we often put to the side as we grow older. So as you see the snowdrops over the coming days and weeks, notice what do they invoke in you? What is the qualities that maybe it's inviting you to ponder and receive? As they break up through this little dainty flower, as it breaks up through the hard soil. And it's often seen as the first flower that comes and cracks through the earth. And they carry within them, oh, it's like um, antifrost or antifreeze that you have in your car. It's not the same chemical, but they carry within this quality that is considered to be antifreeze. Like, so they are very delicate, but very hardy. Because they survive the funny weather of this time of year where we have storms, we may have snow, we may have ice, we may have sunshine. So she catch them and they usually hang out in little groups, the community of them. As she catch them, the whiteness 
catching your eye. See how they speak to you. And of course, I can't speak about Imbolc without just bringing in a little bit of Goddess Bridget, of which I'm sure many of you know. And this year, 2024, is the 1500 celebration. And there's so many events happening throughout Ireland. But we can look to Bridget at this time. She who symbolises protection, creativity, generosity. She's associated with the forge of blacksmiths and smiths and livestock. And one of the most ancient forms of her name is the fiery arrow or the bright arrow which can help us to ponder where do I want to really direct my arrow. If I have 10 ideas floating around in my head, if I am an archer, I need to know the bullseye. I need to know where, what I'm aiming for to be able to hit it. If I don't know what I'm aiming for, I may wander and be firing every direction and not hitting what I need. So her fiery arrow is that fire is, I want to be aiming towards something that really does ignite my own fire, my own passion, my own excitement, my own life force becomes alive with it. That it's not the drudgery of, well, so-and-so said I had to do it, or this is what my parents wanted, so... You know, I'm sure this is what you just do. We want something that is igniting us. And whether that is a new pattern, it doesn't have to be about work. That can be about a new pattern in ourselves, a way of enjoying life, a way of receiving life. Of picking up things that we truly enjoy, that maybe we've put to the side. And it's not about achievements. It's about that fire could be your own internal fire that you're checking in and going Actually, it's just a little flicker. And how did it become this little flicker? And how can I fan the flames now off this creativity, this life force, these qualities, these hobbies, these ways of being? Bridget too invites us to really nurture and care for this flame because like the flame that is kept in Kildare it is the eternal flame it's always burning inside of you but the level at which it burns will shift and change and sometimes just through life we forget it so this is a beautiful time of year to come into a connection with it so you can support its growth, restore its vitality and fire yourself up for life, to enjoy life, to feel alive within yourself. 
and to ponder what feeds and nourishes your fire. But also as, as important as that is what dampens it. And can I make small adjustments so I'm feeding it more, giving it space to expand? Or what gets in the way of it really truly shining? I work with so many people who are wanting to express themselves. And not just expression through the voice or as an artist or someone in the creative arts, but to express their essence through them. To reclaim a part of them that was put to the side when they were maybe younger. That was told it wasn't needed. Maybe it was too much. Maybe it didn't get nurtured by its environment, its surroundings. And they're taking the time through healing to reclaim these parts. And in the reclamation, the ongoing work of tending these parts. So they can really take root within them. And become part of them. And at this time of year, at Umbullock and Bridges Day, you often find the crafts of making the Bridget Cross, the Bridge Oaks, the Bridget Dolls. Of even creating your rat bridge, Bridges cloak, and leaving them out overnight on the third day, 30 days past, 31st of January, for them to be blessed by Bridget as she brings life back to the land. As the Kayak retreats. And I like to see it as the Kayak brings us to the threshold of Imbolc and hands us over to Bridget. Like the Kayak has tended to, has held us deep within the earth, the fertile soil. And now she brings us to Bridget. For Bridget to bring her warmth, to put her cloak of protection around us. To ignite the fire in her bellies and her hearts and her third eye. To re-enliven us after our long, dark, restful winter. And our crosses. It may be the same if you've lived in Ireland. Or have Irish ancestry. There's never just maybe one Burgess Cross in the house. There's like five or six and some of them maybe as old as yourself sometimes. Even though often people will burn them each year for the new ones. A lot of people will keep them over the years. The Brat Breedja. 
The British Cross placed across the doorway for protection that brought Breja brought out if there was illness, sickness or somebody needed support. So allow yourself time to receive from Bridget. To ponder the qualities of Bridget. She was smart. She was cunning. She had great determination. She had vitality, passion. She knew what she was moving towards. She knew what she wanted. And nothing would get in the way of that determination and action. And she brought hope and healing. And she brought community. And generosity. There may be other qualities that you know from your stories of Bridget. And to ponder what maybe are the qualities that she wants you to grow into between Imbolic and Spring Equinox and even after that until Bialtana. How can she be a teacher for you, a guide for you? And there's, from the actual Sullis Breja and Kildare, I have a little prayer to Bridget that I keep on my wall in my therapy room. And I'll just read it to you as we complete for today. Bridget, you were a woman of peace. You brought harmony where there was conflict. You brought light into the darkness. You brought hope for the downcast. May the mantle of your peace cover those who are troubled and anxious. And may peace be firmly rooted in our hearts and in our world. And I think that is a beautiful way to end today's episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And this is an invitation to join me for Shamanic Ceremony to rekindle your creative fire where we'll be guided by the gentle spirit of Goddess Bridget and the flower essence of Snowdrop. And we'll be working with the spirit of fire and water. This ceremony will tend to your inner fire so that you can emerge as a creative, passionate and powerful being. During our time together, we will be, you will be guided through ritual, shamanic drumming, soul exploration and earth-based practices so that you can be empowered to weave creativity and inspiration into every aspect of your life. And the creativity, the creative fire that we're working with is not just about what we often think about as art, but 
the creative act of being ourselves. That to remember that we are natural born creators and creativity is a way of being in the world. Creativity is a way of expressing your deepest self, exploring the unknown with your mind, nurturing curiosity and helps us to see the possibilities where others might see limits. So please come. If you wish, the details are on my website, thethirstysoul.com. And if you'd like to see some of these offerings, the shamanic ceremonies online, please do just let me know. Thank you and bye.